Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody this morning. God bless you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. This is Tuesday morning, amen, April the 12th, amen, 2022. Another day that the Lord has made that we should rejoice and be glad in it. Y'all stand by right there for a minute, amen. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. All right then, amen. This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes here this morning. Greet all of you. Welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. We're just so excited, actually ignited to be here this morning as we move closer to our upcoming celebration where we're going to encourage the community to fix their eyes on Jesus. That it's high time to do that. Everything else we have tried has failed us. Every place we've looked for love, we came up empty. But when we look to the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that he accepted the will of the Father, that bitter cup to drink it for our salvation and through his death and his burial and his resurrection, we now have eternal life. We have a right to the tree of life through Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, through the work that he finished on that cro cross. Those merits have earned us a reconciliation back to the Father. The price has been paid. The satisfaction has been given, amen, by the Father because of the death of his son Jesus, that sacrificial lamb, the one who took our place, amen, the one that was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, where the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with whose stripes we're already healed. We'll heal physically. We'll heal spiritually. We'll heal this morning emotionally, financially, occupationally this morning. We'll heal environmentally and so this morning and we declare wellness in those areas over our lives this morning everything that pertains to life and godliness we have been instructed by what is written in the word to use that as our doctrine for our basis for whatever decisions we make that we might be well informed in our decision that we may have wisdom to discern between what is right and what is wrong with that with those areas amen as we build our future of optimal overall wellness so we thank the lord this morning that we have the revelations of our lord jesus christ right before us this morning that we can learn what was written for our learning that most of all more importantly we will know that we have eternal life through jesus christ our lord and savior amen 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 and we thank god this morning that we would not only hear but we will be able to do what thus says the lord this morning because his word instructs us in righteousness that the men and women of god may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work and so father we're just praying we're declaring this morning a thanksgiving before you this morning as we enter your gates with thanksgiving and come in your courts with praise. We're declaring this morning, Lord God, a thanksgiving this morning for what you've already done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do as we open up your word and read your precious promises and learn these revelations, these unveilings, oh God, these mysteries that are being opened up to us that we may behold and see wondrous things even now in all this darkness that's on the land and gross darkness on the people, Lord God, that we may have hope, Lord God. Hallelujah, because you said, oh Lord God, beloved, I wish above all things that thou would have prospered and be in health even as your soul prosper. So we thank you this morning and we praise you this morning for this upcoming weekend, Lord God. What a great celebration it shall be, God, that Passover lamb that took our place, the substitutionary lamb that took our place, died in our place, Lord God, that we may have a right to the tree of life, that we may be able to be saved by the name of Jesus, the only name by which we can be saved. And we thank you now. We praise you now, Lord God. We eliminate every false teaching, every false preaching. We denounce any false residue that may remain, Lord, of any tradition of our fathers, of men. Lord God, how do we bind 
in the spirit of Easter right now, that it will not come near us, Lord God, but Father, only focus on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is that high and exalted Lamb of God, Lord God, the Passover Lamb, Lord God, as we celebrate the Passover. Death has passed over because Jesus bought life, Lord God, and so we thank you for it. Now we praise you for it. Now we receive the teaching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, all right then, praise the Lord again. We're so excited for being here this morning. Pastor Lester and Pastor Sharon Hayes uh, here this morning, amen, to spend time with you, amen, teaching God's word this morning. We just, we just thank God for another opportunity to open up his word, amen, and learn some more about him, to grow some more in his wisdom and in his knowledge and his understanding this morning because it's nothing like understanding uh, these revelations so we might be able to apply them, amen, to our very lives, amen. And that's the good thing. There is a practical application of these spiritual principles and concepts and rules and commandments and laws and spiritual things that we may be, uh, our thoughts may be in agreement and alignment with God's will for us, amen. He has a will for us. He had a plan for us, and he had a purpose for sending his son Jesus to die for us to put us back in right standing that we may be able to live life that God has given us in the pursuit of happiness and liberty, amen, and life this morning, more abundant this morning. And so we thank God this morning for his word. So we're going to pick up our study this morning. Again, we've been talking about, you know, proof that we really love God. We've been talking about these tests we've been taking Amen. That's according to what's written in the word for our learning. Amen. And we've been dealing with uh, in uh, the book of first John, chapter three, verses 18. And we'll probably finish that up today and move on to verse 19. And the test number four that we've been dealing with is about having a clean heart. And some of the things we have dealt with has been some basically centered around false religion. Uh, and we gave some forms of false religion, talking about empty professions, false legalism, another type of false religion, uh, sanctimonianism, uh, hypocrisy, inconsistency, all those characteristics of that we described. And the last major umbrella we were under was talking about hypocrisy, amen, where we talked about the practice of someone claiming to have some moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform or it's a pretense. They say one thing but do something else. And we define for you what a, a, a hypocrite or a person of hypocrisy, what, the, what, the, what a good definition of that was. And we said it's a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue of religion. You know, they, they create their own religion. They come up with their own system as we talk about often and refer to, there's 4,400 different denominations out there, meaning divisions. And what are they divided against? They're divided against the deity of Jesus Christ, who the Savior is, who he is. What is, is he the only way to get to heaven? You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, the King James Bible, there are those out there, because this, this was written in the Bible before I learned it, that think it's another way to get to heaven. And we have some people who have picked up on that theme, and they believe that because they make more money, because they got more college degrees, because they can go to the moon and put a spaceship and a man on the moon, and they can clone or whatever, an animal or whatever, you know, but nobody will be able to ever make a man in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ but him. And so there's only one way, amen, to get back to the Father, and it's through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so that's what he, Jesus said about himself. He said, I am that I am. Tell them that's who sent you, amen, because people was worshiping Pharaohs, and they were worshiping Caesars like they were gods. And today, people are worshiping people, fear people like they're gods. Mm -hmm. But there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. Anything else is hypocrisy, <laughs> you know, is basically the way to look at it. And so we're going to pick up our, our study this morning, amen, 
uh, exploring this, uh, this, this area of hypocrisy again and delve a little bit further in it as we try to bring uh, <clears throat> this particular um, verse to a close and move into another another verse amen but again we're coming out of the book of first john chapter 3 verse 18 and we're still dealing with you know um some of the characteristics of you know of of, of hypocrisy amen uh just been showing some of the inconsistencies which is one of the things it means it means you know uh, pretense inconsistency complacency blaming pointing fingers at people it's just a good way to describe it. Amen. 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 And one of the verses we uh we looked at was they professed that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Reprobate, you know. They do work, but it's not good work according to the scripture. You know, and they like to toot their horn and brag as though that makes them saved. And that's in the book of Titus, chapter one, verse 16 of the King James Bible. And so as we as we go through this, uh, you know, in, in, in verse 18, it says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth, uh, meaning with the clean heart that is produced by loving with some action, with some corresponding action. You know, not with just words only, you know, being like an empty brass and sounding similar, like a tinkling cymbal. You're making a lot of loud noise, you know, but you ain't saying nothing because it's not based on the substance of the word. Amen. Because that's where the power to salvation is at. Anything else is actually hypocritical and it's hypocrisy. Jesus called them vipers because they were going about trying to create their own righteousness. And he said, beware of the, the righteousness of the Pharisees because there's no righteousness at all. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He's talking about that doctrine, that false teaching, those traditions that they had, those ceremonial uh, ritual things that they did. That was no longer needed because it didn't work then. This is why Jesus had to come and fulfill that law and remove the, 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 the weight of it out of the way for the people. And he bought and, and, and bought grace. And from that point on, that grace was sufficient for his people. It's sufficient for us today. I do not care what we're going through. God has declared that my grace is sufficient for you. And sometimes I think about that. And I understand that the reason his grace is sufficient for us, Pastor Sharon, is because he's the all-sufficient one. Isn't that amazing? He comes and establishes God's kingdom of grace, unmerited favor, we say, because he's the all-sufficient one, you know, he's all-sufficient, you know, he's everything we need and then some, you know, because he, he lived that life that we were supposed to live as a son of man <coughs> without sin. And I think about that sometimes and I say it was because his meat or his strength or his ability was, the, you know, pleasing the father, obeying the father, doing what he sent him to do. And so once we get saved, all the work we should do, it should be to please our father, just like he did, you know, to imitate him, you know. And then we have help just like he had help, you know. So we don't need to be worried about what's, what all the false teachings, prophecies, all that stuff that have never worked anything out together for our good. But everything he's done, he's made it good. Even when the enemy tried to come in, kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus said, but I came, the all-sufficient one, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. 
Even when Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? You talking about going and let your people go, millions of people in bondage, captivity. He said, just tell them I am that I am sent you. And then he went on after that and lived up to who he was, light of the world, bread of heaven, you know, sent down from the Father to feed the hungry, you know, you know. That, that was who he was, you know. And so, amen. And so as we look into this, man, this is to dispel the false religions out there, the false systems of worship out there, you know, to denounce all the lies, the false prophecies, because we base it on the authority of the truth. The truth can dispel every lie, every deception. It's there to replace it because that is the only thing that will make us free. Knowing the truth, it's God's will, knowing the truth and letting the truth make us free. And if the sun sets us free, then we're free indeed. And the sun he's talking about is not the S-U-N, not some earthly sun, somebody's preacher, somebody's prophet. No, Jesus Christ is the son of God too. He's the one that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, talking about Jesus, amen, they won't perish, but they'll have everlasting life. Now, if you don't believe that he's saying that he's the only way, you're already condemned. But if you believe that, you now have a right, a pathway mm -hmm. to the tree of life. He's the author of our salvation. You know, he's, he's the purchaser of it. He's the sustainer of it. He's the upholder of it. And he's come to reveal that plan to us. And this is what the revelation of Jesus Christ entails. You know, reveals who he is, who he was, and who he's going to continue to be. He has not changed. He will not change. He was the Savior then, he's the Savior now, and he's going to be the Savior until he comes back, amen, and we reconcile us back unto him. And so this is what we're looking at this morning, you know. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, something totally against what God is all about. You know, those works that he does not authorize, you know, he did not teach, that was not part of his father's kingdom. That's the righteousness of the Pharisees. That's the tradition of your father that people keep preaching and teaching seven last words and keep teaching and preaching Easter, that pagan holiday. That's man's righteousness. And he said, beware of it because it will leaven it the whole lump, you know. And he says, it's abominable. You try to put anything else in the place of what God has already said about who I am. He told him, he said, who, who do I tell him sent me? Even when he was with Peter, he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? You know, and Peter said, well, now, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter gave the right answer that had been revealed to him by the Father. You know, you are rabbi. You're the teacher. You're the one sent from God. You are the son of God, you know. And he said, okay, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, who I am. I'm going to build my church on who I am. This is my church. I'm the head of the church. I'm going to give you all the material that, you know, and you're going to build it because I'm going to be the one building it through you. You're going to put forth the labor, but I'm going to build it through you. You know, I'm going to give you the teaching. I'm going to give you the doctrine, you know, to build it. You know, and so amen. And so it is today. Anything else is reprobate. Anything else is disobedient to the word of God. It does not prove that we know God according to what's written in the scripture. I don't care how much you, you think you anointed, how much zeal you have. It's not a meal. And Jesus healed the centurion. He said, go and give her something to eat. He was establishing a new government because the people had seen his healing power. I mean, they went out, man, they went out telling people about what he had just did in that house with him and four other witnesses, the mother, the father, and two more of his disciples and him and her. Grace came in that room. A new government was established. He was 12 years old. And he said, give her something to eat. 
you know, from this day forward, feed her, feed what is taking place, feed the eyes of those who have beheld and saw that great miracle. And we're going to see them again. We're going to see the power of God touch uh, uh, his people again. He's doing it now. He's moving by his spirit now. And this is why we want to celebrate fixing our eyes, you know, high time and fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. He's the only hope that we have. And so like Titus said, also in the book of James, Jesus had brother, Titus being a bishop that was under Paul now, you know, learning from Paul. They were, they, were, they started out like being partners, but Titus saw something that he'd never seen in the life of Paul, which he had seen a total transformation of a, of a different person. Went from Saul becoming Paul now, on fire for God, an ambassador. You know, and then in, in the midst of it, Paul was so homopassionate, he said, all these other apostles and bishops out here, they're probably more qualified for me, probably been at it longer than me. But he said, I'm the least least likely of all of them. So why would God choose me? You got to take that up with God. You know, but Paul said, I'm going to do what he saved me to do. Behooves us to do the same thing. And he goes on to say, now this is Jesus had brother James uh, talking here in the book of James chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, the King James Bible. He says, if a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doeth it profit? Now here's the part about the deed here. They got the word. You know, they can preach your socks off. They can speak in all kinds of tongues. You know, they can sing, man, songs, man, that will just stir you up, man. How you told with praising God. Socks jump off your feet, knowing it so much, knowing on the songs. But he said it don't mean nothing. You know, I, I put it in layman terms. If because of what has been given to you, whether that be resources, physically, gifts, talents, access, abilities, beyond. But if you ain't helping nobody else, life become better as a result of it. You just like sounding brass and tinkling simmer. It ain't. It don't mean nothing. Where is the fruit of who you are? Where's the fruit of your repentance? Where's the truth? Of, the truth of your true religion. You know, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothed in the naked. You know, providing for the poor among you, the widows and orphans. Where's that at? Where much has been given, salvation is much given to a, 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 a unsaved person to be saved, reconciled to the Father. But now, what are you giving back? Much, much is required for those who much have been given. And He said, "Give it freely. Salvation is free." I didn't save you to be an aggressive beggar. I didn't save you to keep the pagan uh, uh, traditions of Easter going on and 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 hiding edge with people on Sunday morning. I didn't save you for that. Easter bunnies can't save my people. Mm. They need to know about me. It's high time for them to fix their eyes on me. I'm the one that was high and lifted up and nailed on that cross. I'm the savior of the world. I'm the only Jesus Christ, the uh, anointed one, the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, son of the living God. No one else can take my place. No one can even be compared to me. No other righteousness but my righteousness. And when you aim and strive to please me and my righteousness, you know, my joy, my peace and the Holy Ghost, then you will be accepted of me and approved of men. Then doors will be open. Then you can walk in miracle signs and wonders will follow you who believe. All scripted, book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16, 17, book of Romans, 
chapter 14, verses 17 through 18. It's all right there written for our learning. All in the King James Bible, you know. And he says, hey, you know, what are you doing with your salvation? What are you doing? How are you proving to me, based on what's written in the word, that you love me? Have you helped make anybody's life better? Not somebody now that can just do something in return for you, but somebody who you know can't ever, ever do anything compared to the little that we do to try to help people. Out of the just generosity and kindness of your heart. We were talking yesterday with, one of the, with Minister Smith, and we were talking about, you know, her son giving, giving, giving to someone who, who, who'd been praying for someone to give something to him. And he was given uh, from his, from his little money that he has, he was given to them. And he told her that was his way of, of, of using his tithe. And, and I, I, I made a statement. I said, well, you know, that's called alms giving. Remember Cornelius in the, in the book of Acts chapter 10, the Lord recognized he had a generous spirit because he was really imitating what he had seen the Jews do. But see, the Jews only gave as a sign that they was who they thought they were. But see, Cornelius didn't know all of that. So he just saw them giving. He thought it was good. It was in his heart to give. So he gave too. And when the Lord saw it, this man's a Gentile. The Lord was impressed by his alms giving because the Lord saw his motive more than he saw the motives of others. And he was impressed and he wanted him to be saved. It was now for some of them racial barriers to come down. Because these these were Gentiles and these were the, the Jews was who he saw and he imitated what they were doing. He liked it. It made him feel good. It made him have a sense of purpose. It made him look at himself and do an inventory and say, my God, you know, that's a good deed right there. I want to be a part of that. Somebody ought to always want to be a part of something that's good. Especially when we live in a time where there's so much hate, hate against good, evil against good, you know. And so he jumped in the bandwagon and Lord sent Peter. And Peter didn't want to go because Peter had a little bit of racism and prejudice in him too against them people. But the Lord dispelled all that. The Lord got through all. He, got, he brought that wall of petition down. And he went and the whole house got saved. How did they get saved, Pastor? He went and preached and taught to them the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Gave them that gospel. And in the process, when they heard the word, with Jews looking on, because anytime Peter showed up, a crowd just showed them. Jews wanted to see, because they knew Peter walked in the power and authority of God's word. So the minute they heard about it, man, the fame, they all gathered. And plus, Cornelius sent out an invite to all of his neighbors, all of his friends, other Gentiles. Everybody came to Cornelius' house. And everybody that was in that house, Jew, Gentile, whoever else was there, passed by. When they heard it, the gospel, Come on. the whole house got saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. They didn't stop there. They took them down in water in Jesus' name. And Peter never did go back to where he came from. He kept going right on down to the other little surrounding cities and towns, advancing the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel, sharing the revelation of Jesus Christ, what had just happened. And 3,000 souls, 5,000 souls, 10,000 souls. I mean, everywhere he stopped, man, souls were added to the kingdom of God. And heaven, man, lost, hell lost her grip on them people. The tradition of their fathers no longer had any power. It was weakened by the truth of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, hey, there it is right there. You know, what do it profit you to know God and don't do anything to help nobody else know him? And so over in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 10 in the King James Bible, it says this, out of the same mouth 
preceded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be. It's hypocrisy. That's why it ought not to be, because you're operating in hypocrisy. Remember when Jesus saw the, you know, the scribes, the Pharisees, the elders, the high priests? He went over in the book of Matthew chapter 7. He said, you vipers, you, you hypocrites, you know. You pay more attention to, you know, the outside of the cup than you do the toxic stuff inside the cup. Mm. You know, you, 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 you have, you know, religion, but you don't have Christ-likeness. You know, you wear your religion, you know, on your body. But you worship me with your lips, your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Why, why do you conceive these things in your heart against me for this good work I'm doing? Why do you want to kill me? I'm bringing life to the people. I'm healing people. Oh, you're breaking our Sabbath laws. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am your rest. I come to bring rest to you. I, came, I come to relieve you from the pain and the suffering that you have imposed upon the people with your false teaching, with your legalism, with your ceremonialism, mm. with your empty confessions and professions. I come to relieve the people from everything that is false because I'm walking in truth because I am the truth. I am the way. I am the light to the Father, from the Father, in the way to the Father. Not through your system of religion that ain't even pure. It's made up. You created your righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. And I refuse to allow you to continue to leaven at these whole lumps out here, these people that are together. <coughs> these hungry people, these Gentiles, these, these, these Samaritans, these people out here that's hungry and thirsty for the true and the living God. You know? He said these things ought not to be Today, these things ought not to be. People should not be so easily swayed and convinced and exploited and manipulated. Mm -hmm. Get your word and read your word and see what the Lord is saying to you. Let him reveal revelations about who he is to you. We don't have to prove who he is. He can prove who he is himself. We just have to let you know, hey, the word of my testimony is he saved me. And if he saved me, he can save my household. If he saved my household, he can save you and your household. He is the savior of the world. That's what he came to do, to seek and to save that which was lost. And there was a lot of people in the world lost then. There's a lot of people lost today. There's going to be a lot of people lost tomorrow. Except Jesus is lifted up in the earth. Except. People turn away from the gods of this world that have blinded them and turn to Jesus and look to him, the author, finisher, and the developer of our faith. These things, these other things that are more important, that we make more important, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, materialism, love of money, the root of all evil, things more than God. Ought not to be in this hour of darkness and, cry, you know, and, 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 and crises after crisis. You know, we got epidemic after epidemic. We got storms and fires. We got unexplainable in the natural wisdom of man, these things that are taking place. But when you look into the perfect law of liberty and, and, and continue therein, you will have success in understanding what is taking place every time something happens. That is unexplainable by the wisdom of men. Oh, they take a crack at it. 
They say it's climate change, and I ain't got no issue with that. They said it's the last day, like they know. No man know but God. And if you really believe that, then you need to get yourself prepared for his return, don't you think? Wouldn't it be wise if, if you were saying this is the last day? Are you ready for the last day? Are you ready to stand before God and give an account for how you've lived your life or how we've lived our life? It's just fodder. People just love to think and tell people that that because they got a title. They feel obligated, Pastor Sharon, to tell people to give people false hope. People have been declaring, man, as far back as you can. You want to look back, man, saying that this is the last day. I would say this, I will offer this to your reasoning. That when Jesus Christ was crucified, that was the end of the old way. And he brought in a new way, a more excellent way. And it was a way to get us prepared for the last day. The last day. And so the last days, unknown to man, began right then. We don't know from the time they begin to the time they end when that end is going to be. Only God knows. But what we do know is this, we can't put off today for tomorrow because it's not promised to us. So the end can come for some before it comes for others. But the end, of, the last day is going to be the same for all of us. So we got to live our life today in light of that eternity, that reality, that truth, that revelation. Because after that death, it's going to be a judgment even if you don't know Jesus. All of us will stand before him in the great white throne judgment and give an account why if I did, I rejected him then with the possibility of the risk of him rejecting me then. But now as in I'm standing before him. And for those who did already, who died spiritually already and came alive spiritually to the revelations of Jesus Christ, knowing that after death there is a judgment, will stand before him justified because I went ahead on and died to the things of this world and I came alive to the revelation of Jesus Christ knowing now that when he comes, I'm going to just be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Some folks think that's only when people physically die and they're saved. No, 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 no. That's when you spiritually die by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Bang! Everything become new. You at that point receive eternal life. Now you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and endure to the end so you can continue to be saved all the way to the end. So you don't forfeit your right to eternal life because I continue to sin and live therein. That's a hypocrite. That's hypocrisy is basically what he's saying. And do not the truth. You know, how, how, how can you? These things ought not to be. Then he goes on in the book of First uh, John chapter 2, verse 4, the King James Bible. He says, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments. This is what the word says about you now. Is a liar. This is what the word says about us, Pastor. Is a liar. Listen, Pastor Sharon. And the truth is not in him. Now, that's what the word says. See, when you let the word define hypocrisy, when you let the word define righteousness, unrighteousness, the revelations of Jesus Christ, who he is, who we are in him, there's no way you can go wrong. See, that's the way back to the Father. That's the way of reconciliation. That's the way that leads to eternal life. 
in Christ Jesus. These are the revelations that's, that, that is not being, uh, that it's not that popular, Pastor Shavin, most of the preaching today. Mm, no, it's not. You know, everybody want to know how to get a new house, new car, mm. how to make my money increase when I sow that so-called financial seed. But what about the word? The Bible is talking about seed time and harvest in the natural sense in the book of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 of the King James Bible because those people were farmers. Mm. And Lord was letting them know, don't worry about it. Your crop's going to be fine. You know, as long, long as you bring that first harvest, that first fruit to me, you offer it to, 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 to the work, you're going to be fine. Cain missed out on that opportunity. Killed Abel because he was trying to walk in what God had said. But the Lord said, ever since that day, you're still going to have seed time and harvest. You're still going to have crops. You're still going to be able to sustain yourself in life, but you've got to learn the, the, way, the way to do it. you always got to give something first back to God of your substance, of your time, of your talents, you know, back to God for the advancing of the kingdom of God. That's what he was establishing. You know, he takes the physical wisdom of man sometimes to confine the wise. Who are the wise? Those that are looking to God for instruction. Those that are looking to God for a doctrine they can base their life on. Those that are looking to God to have God correct them and not man. Because man will make a mess trying to correct people because he can't correct himself. Those that, that, will, that will accept the correction when it comes and not be offended. Not want to kill you because you corrected them hate you because you corrected them. Those who want to be instructed in righteousness for his name's sake, for the word's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for your sake, my sake, our sake, our family's sake, that we as men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished, lacking nothing, nothing broken, missing, or lacking, where the blessings of the Lord make us rich and he added no sorrow, full, complete, that we may be thoroughly furnished in that regard Unto every good work. Then men will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. They'll follow us as we follow Christ. We ain't got to run out in and say who we are all the time. Flashing my, you know, all my prosperity. My jets, my Cadillacs, my shark skin suits and alligator shoes and all that stuff. Trying to impress people. Looking real good in appearance. But the Lord say your heart is far from him. Because you don't really know him. Or we don't really know him. And so he says right there, he that said, I know him and keepeth not his commandments. That's the test right there is a liar and the truth is not in him. The book of first John chapter two, verse four of the King James Bible. So let's go a little further here uh, in the book of um, as we started out, the book of first John chapter three, verse 18, the King James Bible. And, and we and we are at the end of verse 18, the false religions. You know, we, we went through them thoroughly. And it brings us right back here, my little children. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Just like we just, we just read verse uh, 4 of the first book of John, chapter 2, King James Bible. He that saith, I know him, okay, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. It's like blessings and cursings out of the same mouth. Is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Hypocrite, viper, untoward generation. You're not working untoward heaven. You're working untoward hell at large in itself. And I always tell people when, when, when you know what when I when I hit moments like this, Pastor, if I'm preaching, teaching, or whatever, it's in a conversation. I say, well, what in hell do you want? Wasn't even 
made yet because it's only going to be created when there is a need for it. And that's when Jesus comes back to judge us. And for all those people who rejected him, now hell becomes necessary. So they'll spend the eternity in hell's damn fires where there shall be gnashing and gnashing of teeth forever, never end. Well, on the other hand, all of those who have confessed him and kept his commandments are going to be told to enter into his rest. Now, that's Sabbath rest, where there will be no end. And so we're going to transition. Uh, verse 19 uh, will be our next. Uh, we'll come back on uh, Thursday morning and uh, deal with uh, verse 19, which uh, I'm interested in. Uh, it talks about, and hereby we know that we are of the truth. And A, again, precept A says, shall assure our hearts before him. I love that. See, remember, we, this test is about having those clean hands, that pure heart, knowing the truth and, and, and actually doing the truth, living the truth, okay? This, this right here is our assurance. We've been talking about it. We preached about it the other week. Here it is now. We're studying about it, and we're going to go into assurance, and we're going to break that word down. You know, we talked about it the other day. We talked about it versus insurance, you know, Everybody know what insurance is. It supplements your, your health care, supplements your, you know, your property, all that stuff. Everything needs to be insured these days. You know, but then there's an assurance that rises above insurance, you know, and it's a blessed assurance, you know, and we're going to talk about that. Amen. And so that's where we're going. That's the end of verse 18. My little children, let not us love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. And uh, we'll pick that up on Thursday morning. So we're going to go ahead and end right there, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and open up the line for comments. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for your word. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for exposing us to all of the different uh, false religions out there, Lord God, the false systems, oh God, that have been set up. They've always been, Lord God, there uh, to uh, hinder your people, to block your people, Lord God, from the truth because... Jesus is the truth, Lord God, and there were always uh, petitions and walls and things built, tradition of their fathers, tradition of men and their righteousness, oh God, their systems, oh God, to deny the people the truth, oh God, deny them access to Jesus, to his miracles, to his signs and wonders, Lord God, as he taught, Lord God, in the synagogues and as he dealt with all the evil spirits and all the people that opposed him, Lord God. Yes, those who sat in high places, high seats, oh God, the elders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and Jesus, Lord God, he, he told them that they were liars, oh God, if they did not mm -hmm. do the truth, Lord God. He said it, Lord God. Hallelujah. How can you say you know me and do not the commandments that I've given you? How, how can you say this? How can you justify this? And so, Father, we just thank you for exposing us, letting us see, revealing to us what these, uh, these, these uh, false systems of religions are, that we may be able to discern when we encounter them and come in contact with them, that we not enter into a relationship with them, that we separate ourselves from them because we're able to discern them and choose between what is right and what is wrong, that path of the truth, Lord, that leads us on to eternal life. So we give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord God, for what we have learned as your little children, Lord God, and that we will love indeed and in truth as we go forward. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it right now. For it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer to the God above. Hear our prayer and answer us now, Father, and show us great and mighty things that we walk in the truth as we walk in your love. We give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then, we're going to start our comments this morning with Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Sharon. Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone.